1: So the Lord used the marriage of Abraham and Sarah to model faith for their son Isaac. And Isaac saw mom and dad's faith in action. He was actually right there when dad uh, successfully passed his final exam. And he saw his mom's godly example. And he learned from mom and dad what it means to love and serve God. That is the illustration we're left with
0: from the life of Abraham, an illustration that should challenge you and I today. Trust it will. This is Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno and online at highlands.us. Join us as we take a final look at Genesis chapter
1: 23. Next on Study Verse by Verse. Abraham agreed to Ephron's terms and weighed out for him the price he had named in the hearing of the Hittites, 400 shekels of silver, according to the weight current among the merchants. Now, all Abraham really wanted was the cave, but Ephron added the field. And there's a reason, we think, for this, and that is because according to Hittite law, a landowner who sold only a part of his estate had to still pay taxes on the whole, Those tax guys are really crafty. Those guys have been crafty for thousands of years. Some things just never change. So a landowner who sold only a part of the state had to pay taxes on the whole, but if you sold the entire lot, then the new owner was liable for the taxes. Well, that would be a reason why he'd want to get rid of the whole thing. And he was an accomplished negotiator. And he saw here in Abraham a wealthy man who had an urgent need to acquire this land. And he uses this phrase, what is that between you and me? What is 400 shekels between you and me? Now, by asking that question, he's saying that the price is of little importance. And so for Abraham to haggle over the price would be to admit he wasn't as rich as some people thought he was. You see how the negotiator was it work here? He said so Ephron was saying something like, Hey, you're a wealthy person, I'm a wealthy person, what's a mere four hundred shekels? Nothing. Pocket change. Not even worth haggling about. Well, Abraham had plenty of money. He had more than most of the kings on the earth at the time. And so he paid the asking price, and we don't know, and there's no way for us to really say for sure if he got a good price or not, because we don't know what the relative value of silver and land was at that time, and in fact, we're not even told what the size of the land was. In all probability, however, Abraham's position as a foreigner and his urgent need for buying this land put him in a position where He probably paid a high price for it, if not an exorbitant price. Uh, To give you just kind of a sense of proportion, uh, King David paid only 50 shekels or one-eighth that price to buy what became the temple. All right, so again, though we don't know what the relative values were, uh, I'm old enough to remember when the houses across the street sold for get this, $70,000 dollars. $70,000. I thought at the time, who in their right mind would spend $70,000 on a house? Boy, I wish I knew then what I know now. By the way, the houses have not increased in value. They're the same size and shape they were back then. What's changed is the value of the dollars needed in order to buy the house, okay? So we don't know if that was a good price, but based on the situation and culture and other things, it was probably not a a good price. It was probably a very high price. But Abraham got what he wanted. Uh, He had a deal transacted in the gate of the city in full disclosure uh, and full view of everyone. Uh, The silver was measured according to the weights current among the merchants. That means it was in strict conformity to the business standards of the time. Uh, the price was likely high so that no future Hittite could uh, claim against uh, him that he had gotten a good deal or something like that. And, and of course, then a, no price was too high to pay for a, a wonderful place to give his bride and princess uh, a place of rest. And all of this was done with great dignity. Verse 17, So Ephraim's field in Machpelah, near Mamre, both the field and the cave in it, and all the trees within the borders of the field were deeded to Abraham as his property in the presence of the Hittites who had come to the gate of the city. Afterwards, Afterward, Abraham buried his wife Sarah in the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre, which is at Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And so the field and the cave were, uh, in it were deeded to Abraham by the Hittites as a burial site, and it's repeated, repeated and repeated and repeated because it wants to be well document that this is what took place. In later years, the uh, descendants of Abraham made that cave, the family cemetery, and it became a monument to Abraham's faith in God's promises. In fact, one scholar wrote concerning the faith that was passed from one generation to the next. He wrote, by faith... Abraham believed God's promise that his descendants would inherit the land. By faith, Abraham sojourned in the land for almost a century, living as one to whom it would belong. By faith, Abraham purchased the cave at Machpelah in Hebron. And by faith, Abraham buried Sarah in the cave at Hebron. By faith, Isaac, Abraham's son, buried Abraham with Sarah at Hebron. By faith, Jacob buried his father, Isaac, at Hebron. And remember that uh, Jacob went from there to Egypt. By faith, while in Egypt, Jacob charged his sons to bury him in Hebron. And by faith, Jacob's sons took his remains to Hebron for burial. And by faith, and the very last words of Genesis uh, record, Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old. They embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. And 430 years later, by faith, Moses, at the Exodus, took Joseph's bones out of Egypt. And then by faith, when Joshua had conquered the Promised Land, he was buried with his fathers. By faith. Passed from generation to generation. Centuries later, by faith. You know, Abraham bought this little piece, but he didn't... His eyes were on someplace else for home. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. That's what he was looking forward to. And a few verses later, we read, All of these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. Or as we might say, this place is not our home. We're just passing through. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. You know, one of the marks of a true believer is that they desire a better country, a heavenly one. They are not fixated on the things of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven, and someday Jesus Christ is coming to get us, and he's going to exchange these worn-out bodies for new ones that are like his. So longing for heaven is one of the signatures, the signature marks of a true believer. And Abraham's bold example calls us to the same faith. There's also something else that we learn from this as well, and that has to do with marriage. Um, you know, first God established marriage as a shared journey of faith. Now, certainly there's the matter of procreation that's involved in it, but God could have come up with some other solution that didn't require a lifetime commitment. And then there's the matter of companionship, which is also a wonderful part of marriage. But there are a lot of singles who are quite content being single, um, but God intended marriage to be a journey in which the couple grows together in faith. And the marriage creates opportunities for a mutual spiritual growth that is unlike any other relationship. I am convinced that marriage has made me a better person, a better minister, and a better Christian. In fact, I don't know where I would be today if, if I hadn't received God's gift of Jenny as my wife. So God established marriage as a shared journey of faith. And then he also established marriage to make new generations of faithful men and women. Malachi 2.15 speaks to this purpose in marriage. It says, did he, that is God, not make them, that is a man and his wife, one With a portion of the Spirit in their union, with a portion of the Spirit in their union, what God hath brought together, let not man tear asunder. Did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking? Question mark. Answer. Godly offspring. Malachi 2.15. So the Lord used the marriage of Abraham and Sarah to model faith for their son Isaac and Isaac saw mom and dad's faith in action he was actually right there when dad uh, successfully passed his final exam and he saw his mom's godly example and he learned from mom and dad what it means to love and serve God and reject idolatry and superstition Now, his walk with God was unique to him, but he had the foundation and the start established by his parents.
0: Well, that is an amazing place to conclude chapter 23 of Genesis, and we will do just that. Questions about today's program, maybe you would like to review it in its entirety. That is available on our website, highlands.us. You'll also be able to find out a bit more about who we are and where we worship, when, and directions. It's all found on our website, highlands.us. From Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, our desire is to equip men and women for the ministry of Christ, for our daily lives of walking in Jesus. Again, find out more about us on our website, highlands.us, highlands.us. Tomorrow, we begin ushering out 2022 as we look forward to 2023. Join us then for study verse by verse.